Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Awesome. How's everybody doing? You all right? Happy Easter. Are you glad to be in church? I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to get to preach a little bit. I got to practice on first service, so I just got it right, ready to go for y'all. See, if you come to second service, you get the better message, right? You get the most sleep, you still get coffee, and you get a better message. Come on, you can leave just right now. Everything's great. <clears throat> hey, we're really glad that you're here. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Keith, and I'm the campus pastor here. Me and my wife, Natalie, she was the one who was just up here. We're just so glad that you, you chose to come and attend and <clears throat> join us at Renew Life Church on Easter. Realize there's a lot of places you could go. And uh, we're, just, we're just really glad that you're here, um, especially if it's your first time, man. Welcome. Sit back, relax, have a good time in church. There's no pressure here. There's no obligation here. Um, we, we, uh, we really just want you to sit back and just enjoy, enjoy his presence, enjoy who he is. Amen. So, so welcome. Um, you know, we're, we're here today to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. That's what today is all about, right? It's celebrating the fact that Jesus isn't, isn't dead. He isn't in that tomb, but, the, but he actually was raised again. Amen? That he's actually alive today. That he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Did you know that he's praying for you right now? That he's pleading God for you right now. That Jesus is actually talking good about his sons and daughters to God. See, he, he was raised from the dead. He's actually alive today. And we're here to celebrate that life. We're here to celebrate all that the cross and all that him coming alive actually does for us. Do you know that when he died on the cross, it did some things for you? You, you didn't know that. What about you guys? When he died on that cross and when he rose again, it did something for us. We have something to be happy about today. We have something to be joyful about today. We're not just celebrating the fact that he's alive. We actually get to celebrate the fact that we're alive because he's alive. Some of you are like, are we already into the message? I'm preaching. Here we go. I thought there was going to be a little bit more of an on-ramp. There's not. We're just in it. <clears throat> if you don't grab a hold of anything else today, I want you to grab a hold of the, the, this one statement. You have the, the ability to be alive today because he's alive. You have access to real, true, genuine life in Jesus because he's alive today. I'm not talking about just living and walking and breathing. I'm talking about having some life about you, being alive on the inside. It's something that the world can't provide. It's something that not enough money can provide. It's something you literally cannot find anywhere else but in Jesus. I'm talking about feeling alive like satisfied fulfilled, alive, like you're, you're growing, you're maturing, you're, you're, you're walking through tough things, but you, you, you're standing tall, like you're alive, you're free. Just this week, I've kind of had an interesting week. Um, <clears throat> it started off Tuesday morning with a big group of guys playing ultimate Frisbee. Five minutes into the game, I got smoked right in the face <laughs> with the Frisbee. It was just like Frisbee to mouth, Right? Thank goodness it wasn't like an inch higher and it chipped my tooth because I'd had to lay down my pastor hat on that day. You know what I'm saying? 
we would have had to fight the good fight of faith. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> but it didn't. But it did, it did kind of split my lip open, messed up my jaw for a day. I go, I go the next day, Wednesday, I go to lunch with a group of guys that I play basketball with. I'm out there playing basketball. I come down. My elbow comes down on a guy's watch, which, by the way, you ain't a real basketball player if you're wearing a watch when you're playing basketball, but side note. Um, so I, I, hurt, I hurt my elbow, and then by the end of the day, I was like, oh, my calf was getting a little bit tight. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm a man, though. I'm going to play through this thing. I should not have played through this thing. Because I felt like someone walked up behind me at one point and stabbed me in the calf. I strained my whole right calf, was limping around at home church, limping around for the last three days, like asking the Lord, 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 heal me so I can go as fast as I want on stage. For those of you who know me, I like to pace a little bit, right? I mean, it's, it's been an interesting week, but I, I was talking to some guys and I'm like, you know what? I, I kind of like it. Like you like being hurt? I'm like, kind of. I kind of like the fact that I still right now, I got a little scrape on the inside of my, side of my mouth. Like, I remember what it was like when you were a kid and you were just always scraped up and bruised up? And, and when you get older, what do you do? You try to avoid anything that could get you scraped up or bruised up. But like right now, I kind of feel like I got a little bit of a, I got a little bit of a limp, got a little bit of scratch. I'm like, I kind of feel more like a man today. <laughs> I kind of feel alive. I'm hurt, but I'm alive. I'm talking about that kind of life. Like, can I ask you today, are you alive in God? Right now, are you alive? This last month, have you been alive? Since you started this year, could, could you look back at the last couple months and be like, man, I've, I've been, I'm alive. I feel fulfilled. I feel satisfied. Or, or maybe I, I've been going through a tough time, but, but man, I, I, I'm, I know I'm growing. And I'm, I'm learning to find joy. I'm learning to use my faith. I'm, I'm, I'm growing and I'm, I'm succeeding. I'm failing. I'm, I'm alive. I may be hurt a little bit, but I've been on the mountaintop. I may be in the valley. I may be somewhere in between. But if there's one thing that you could look at and say about my life is I'm alive. Are you alive? Because Jesus actually bought and paid for that very thing for you. He not only came to give you life and life more abundantly, he was raised from the dead to show you you can have victory in life in any situation you ever face. I want to be alive. I want to live full of life. And not just full of life like in the world sense. I'm talking about real life. I'm talking about full of life in Jesus and, and in God. Anybody else want that? There's a way to get it. Today I want to talk to you about how do you, how do you come alive? Um, I'm going to use another word. How is it that you live in your relationship with God in freedom? What does it look like to like follow Jesus and be free and be alive, be satisfied? Oh my gosh, actually be a happy Christian. Like, you may laugh every once in a while. I said this a long time ago, and I just feel like I need to say it right now. Seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, you're way too serious, bro. Sorry, I have two older boys, and bro just slides out of my mouth like every other sentence. So, <clears throat> This is what I believe Jesus has provided for us. 
not a staunchy, just stuffy kind of Christianity, but one that's full of life, one that's a little bit messy at times, but one that is all about relationship and actually has no trace of religion whatsoever. Today, I want to talk about how to come alive and really how to live this life of freedom that I believe Jesus bought and paid for us today. So today, I want to title the message, Alive and Free, Alive and Free. Would you pray with me? Uh, yeah, Jesus, we thank you. <clears throat> we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. We celebrate you. We celebrate that you're the resurrected one, that you're alive today, and that we're alive in you. And we, we just lay down our striving, we lay down our effort, and we just get into a, a, a mode of receiving. We receive from you today. All that you bought and paid for, we receive it by faith today. In Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. 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 Uh, if you have your Bible, open up to Galatians chapter 2. We're going to jump in to a little scripture here. <clears throat> I believe Paul is actually giving us a clue into what this life of freedom and um, really just being alive, how you actually get there and what it, what it looks like. Galatians 2.16 says this, Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we may be right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but he said obeying the law three times. I think he's wanting us to get, get our attention on something. Not obeying the law. We're made right by how? By faith. Faith in who? Faith in Jesus. Not by obeying the law. What is the law? The law was the old covenant. It was the old way of living. It was the old way of relationship with God. It was, hey, you need to check all the boxes, do all the right things. Oh, you better not cuss. You better not steal. You better not mess up here. You better read your Bible every single day, at least for 15 minutes, because that's when you get crossed over into real Christianity. It's at the 16-minute mark. It was this old way of trying to get it all right, do it all right. It was a way of earning and deserving right standing with God. And here Paul is teaching this church, hey church, you need to realize you are not made right with God by obeying the law. You're made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ. It's not about your doing, it's about your believing, is what he was saying. Now, knowing that these, these people would probably kind of have an issue with this, he goes on in verse 17, he says, But suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then we're, fa we're found guilty because we have abandoned the law. In other words, he's addressing the age-old question, the, 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 the concern when the preacher gets up and starts to talk about grace, starts to talk about the new covenant. There's that, that concern. Oh, wait, are you giving people a license to sin? Number one, you never needed a license to begin with. Did, I, I never did, did you? He's, he's coming at this thing saying, hey, am I seeing you be found guilty because you abandoned the law? Would that mean Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. And he just shakes it all up right here. He says, rather, I'm a sinner if I rebuild the old system of the law I already tore down. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died 
to the law. I stopped trying to meet all of its requirements so that I might live for God. Notice that. I stopped trying to meet all the requirements so that I might live. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. I do, not trace, I do not treat the new covenant of grace. I don't treat what Jesus actually did as meaningless. For if keeping the law can make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Um, anyone remember when you were a kid and you were learning something new? Kind of like <clears throat> you know, learning, learning a new sport, learning a draw from the, the first time, maybe learning a new instrument. And it seemed like the harder that you tried to do it, the worse that you got. Remember the first time you picked up a basketball and you tried to dribble it? Some of you are like, I'm way too old for that. Remember when your kid picked up a basketball? You see, and you've seen them try to dribble a basketball for the first time, right? There's no rhythm. They can't get it. And what do they try to do? They just try harder, and it gets worse and worse, right? If you've ever tried to hit a baseball before, swing a bat, it's like the harder you try to hit it, the worse that you get. You ever lined up at a golf ball before? Some of you are like, one time, and I just walked right back out. It's like the harder you try to hit that golf ball, man, it's, there's, there seems to be something like the harder that we try, the worse that we get. I, I was just this Friday, I was hanging out with uh, my middle son, Stratton, he's seven, and um, he's playing baseball right now, and I was in the garage pitching wiffle balls to him. Um, why are we in the garage? Because we live in Lubbock, and a wiffle ball does not fly in the backyard in, in Lubbock. It flies off. It does not fly. You hit your kid is what happens, right? You're just smacking him the whole time. So we go in the garage, and I'm trying to teach him, get, teach him to hit. He's been, he's been kind of struggling at the plate. I'm like, oh, we're going to fix this. Knowles don't struggle at the plate. We hit home runs, baby. <laughs> not really. That was like the worst sport that I played. But I was just trying to help him. And, I mean, this kid, is he's absolutely trying to murder this ball. I mean, he's trying to crush it. He's trying as hard as he can to hit the ball. When I'm throwing him this ball, when it leaves, when it's about to leave my hand, his eyes get big. He's, he's stepping all the way out here, meeting the ball. He's attacking it. He's gripping the bat real hard. And I mean, he's, he's doing this. He's trying as hard as he can. And he's just starting to get worse and worse. I'm starting to get madder and madder. He's starting to get worse and worse. It's just a bad combo. And by the way, you need a lot of grace when you start teaching your kids sports. Just so you know, if you're not, not a parent yet, oh, it's coming for you, baby. It is coming. And he's trying hard and hard. And finally, I looked at him. I was like, I was like, bro, just relax. Relax. Here's what I want you to do. Sit back. I'm going to pitch you the ball. Just watch it go by a couple times. Keep your head on it. And here's what you're going to do. This next one, I want you to be real, real smooth. Don't swing as hard as you can. Quit gripping the bat like it's going to leave your presence. Like just smooth swing. And it took about three or four pitches until finally it worked, and he just smooth swing, nailed the baseball, and it just flew out of the garage. And then he just looked at me like. And I love that look because you know what that look means? Dad's a genius. 
dad knows what he's talking about. Parents, y'all know what I'm talking about when you get that look and you're like, they finally realize how awesome you are? It's like, it's about time. You know, I I think, actually, I, I believe this is a great illustration and a great example of what we kind of do sometimes when we pursue God and what it looks like in our relationship with God. We, we, we're kind of like, like Stratton when he's first trying to learn how to hit the ball, and, and we, we want to do right. Man, we, we, we so bad want to get it right. We want to live for God. We, we, we love him. We want to pursue him. We want to do all the right things. I'm not, I'm not talking about like your heart. I know you love God, but Guess what? The harder that you try, I'm not sure if you've ever experienced this before, the harder you try in and of yourself and in your own effort, the worse you get. And you can, you can try real hard leaving Easter today. Maybe you're here for the first time in a long time. First time you've come to church, you're going to leave today gripping your bat so hard. Oh, I'm going to crush Christianity. I'm going to crush my relationship with Jesus. I'm going to be the best Christian in Lubbock, Texas for the next Four or five days. <laughs> and, and you're going to try really hard. It's what many of us do when we come to church. We hear about God. We start to, quite honestly, we start to go out and we start to try to accomplish in our own effort, in our own flesh, what only got started in the Spirit. Can I just tell you, the harder you try, the worse it will get. It may get good for a little bit. You may, you may actually do a really good job for the four to five days. You actually may do a good job for two weeks or four months. But hear me today, eventually your trying will fail. Eventually your effort will fail you. Eventually, even for those of you who are extremely disciplined, your discipline won't be good enough. Because there's actually a better way. There's actually the only way. There's actually this thing called the new covenant. There's actually a way where you don't go out trying to do things in your own effort and in your own strength and in your gripping and in your eyes wide trying hard to pursue God. There's a, there's a, there's a way better way, and it's called grace. It's called the new covenant. And, and, and I got really, really good news t- for you today. You can actually tap into that new way. You say, how do I do it? It's really, really simple. It's all about what you believe, not about what you do. Do you actually believe in the grace of God? Or can I just say it this way? Or are we treating the grace of God as meaningless? You know what it means to treat the grace of God as meaningless? It means that you don't believe what it actually has done for you. This is what Paul was saying. He was trying to tell the church in Galatians, like, hey, hey guys, like, stop treating the grace of God as meaningless. This whole thing started off in the spirit. It continues in the spirit. This whole thing never, you you never got God. You never got the Holy Spirit. You never performed miracles. You never did signs and wonders because you were so awesome and disciplined. You got it because I gave it to you. 
You got it because I'm good to you. You got it because the grace, undeserved, unmerited, favor and blessing of God is on your life. You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. It's unearned. It's a gift. It was given to you by grace. You go on to Galatians 3 and Paul says, I love, I love how he says this. He says, after starting your life off in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? In other words, he said, why are you trying so hard? Can I just say this to you like I said to my seven-year-old? Bro, you need to relax. Life in God. Life in pursuit of Jesus. Life in the new covenant. I don't mean to dumb it down to this, but it kind of is like a smooth baseball swing. It's... It's effortless. It's not about you and your strength. It's about his strength being perfected through you. It's about, it's about the one thing that he did on that cross. And he, 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 he kind of did it all. He provided it all. It was the only effort that counted. It was the, it was the thing that, that actually brought you into this place with God, into this right standing. It's the very thing that made you courageous and righteous and pure and holy. It was all him. And when we let him do it through us, can I just say this? You get a completely different result. You know what's hard about, we were just talking to a couple after first service. <clears throat> you know what's hard about living in the law and grace? Why, why is it that we seem to fall back into this, let's check the boxes, let's meet all the requirements? You wanna know why it can be so confusing sometimes? It's because you can get a result from obeying the law. You can actually get a result. You can sit back and try really, really hard and it, sometimes you'll connect. There's just a greater way. That way, that way actually ends up failing you. <clears throat> that way is actually cursed. That way is not freedom, it's bondage. There, there's a whole better way. And it's, and it's looking at Jesus. It's pursuing Jesus. It's believing. I don't know if you believe this or not. It's believing that he's actually made you righteous. You want to start living right? You got to start believing right. This may bother some of you, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> it would be better for you to leave today believing right than doing right. It would actually be better. Because you know what belief actually starts to do? Belief actually starts to get into here, and then it starts to affect here, and then it starts to affect out here. You know what belief does? Belief changes your thinking. And guess what? You were transformed by the renewing, the, the changing of our thinking. You want to have right actions? Raise your hand if you'd like to act right. Raise your hand for your neighbor who needs to act right. <laughs> <clears throat> you want to know what actually leads to that? Some of y'all still can't get over that one. I'm going to give you a second. <clears throat> you know what actually leads to that right living? Right believing. I need you to stand up. I'm sorry, I got to keep going with the analogy. 
I need you to stand up at the plate knowing you're about to crush the ball through him who gives you strength. You start to believe. You're confident in the Lord. You're confident in what he's put in you. You're confident in what, who he's made you to be. You want to live righteously, you have to start believing you're righteous. Righteous, oh, that's a, a strong word, pastor. I know, and Jesus used it. That's how strong, this is how amazing what he did on that cross made available to you. That's how strong it is. That's how crazy it is. There was a song that came out many years ago by, by Hillsong. It was called, I think it was called like Scandalous Grace. His grace is scandalous. It's, it's like, it can't be this good. Are you telling me that it has, n- my, my identity and who I am has nothing to do with how good I am or how bad I am? I'm telling you, your identity in him has nothing to do with how good you are or how bad you are. Paul said it. You're not right by obeying the law. You're right by faith in Jesus. You know what makes you and what puts you in right standing? Faith in Jesus. Believing in Jesus. Some are like, this guy needs to be quiet and read some scripture. All right, fine. Galatians 2, 19, look at what he says. He said, when I tried. When I gritted my teeth. When I did what a good old boy would do. When I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to it. I died to the law. How? I stopped trying to meet all of its requirements. Why? Why? So that I might actually live. I stopped trying to meet all the requirements so that I, so that I might actually live for God. Some of y'all need to have a moment today where you stop. Today's the day where you, where you put a line in the sand and you actually stop trying to meet all the requirements of the law. You say, I'm not, I'm not living by the law. What do you think about when you wake up? Do you think about, I should, I should, I should do this. I should have read my Bible. Oh, I slept in again. I should have got up and spent time with the Lord. Oh, I should, I should have listened to Christian music, but I just needed some John Mayer in my life. What do you, how do you think? It's time to die to the law. You want to know one of the things that Jesus bought and paid for, one of the reasons that he died? He died to defeat sin and the power of the law. Oh, come on, that's a, I need a better amen. He died to defeat the power of sin over you and the power of the law over you. He defeated it. Go read Romans 6, 7. <clears throat> Man, I... I want to I die to it, man. I, I don't want to live a life. Can I just say this? I'm not bragging. This is just the truth. Like, I don't, I haven't for the last five, six, eight years, I, I don't wake up trying not to sin. I'm not under the law. 
I'm not sin conscious. I'm spirit conscious. I'm, I'm trying to live for God. I'm living for him. Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What would you like to do in me? What would you like to do through me? How would you like to use me? How do I need to grow? I'm not living this life where I'm waking up and being like, oh, man, just a sinner saved by grace. Just a big old fat sinner walking around. That's what I am. That's what we think about ourselves. Some of you are like, well, that, that's, that's a scripture. I know. There's another scripture right after it. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Yet, the next scripture, yet God declares we're righteous. <laughs> I'm in pursuit. See, I was telling our, our staff the other day, we've been talking about grace and I was giving them this example. You see, I can, I can walk up to a couple, walk up to two people, and I can see you both doing the exact same thing. From the outside looking in, I'm watching you both sit down, let's say, and you're reading your Bible. I'm using y'all too, okay? Oh, they're both reading their Bible. It looks the same from the outside. But what I want to know is what's on the inside and what's motivating you to read that Bible. Is it grace? Is it Jesus? Are you in love with Jesus and you're reading that word? Or are you checking a box? Because one will lead to life and one will lead to 30 days missed on your Bible plan. <laughs> Guilty. But I live in grace. I live by grace. And that what Paul was trying to, to say, he said, well, you're not justified by the works of the law. Um, <clears throat> I, I just, I feel like this is something that we all deal with. I, I believe this is kind of how this plays out more than anywhere else. Many of us live under the pressure of our own self-image and our own self-beliefs. myself included. We live, we live under the pressure of who we think we should be. We live under the pressure of who we think we should become. We live under the pressure of, man, I should be better. I should be further along. Anybody ever thought that one? And, and what, what happens is we, we, we actually live under the pressure of what we, our self-image, of our, of our self-belief. We believe we should be someone different. We believe there's actually something wrong with us. We say things to ourselves like, I can't believe you missed your alarm again and didn't work out for the fourth time in a row. And we wake up in shame. We wake up in guilt we wake up thinking, why can't I get my crap together? Why can't I get my life right? Get your life right, bro. Why can't, why, why can't you get your life right? Man, why, why, why have you always been so undisciplined? And we have this internal dialogue. And you know what we're doing? We're just beating ourselves up. Can I just say... Don't feel shame and condemnation for that, number one. 
but I want you to hear the truth. You know why you do that? Because either you've never had a revelation of his grace or you've lost sight of it. Because his grace brings you to a place where you realize I'm the beloved of God. He loves me despite what I look like. He loves me despite my discipline level. He loves me, it's gonna bother you, he loves me despite my obedience. Because we don't get the reward of our obedience. We get the reward of his. His blessing and his favor in our life didn't come from our obedience. Should you obey? Yes. From a place knowing, oh, I'm already loved. I don't live right so I'll be justified. I live right because I'm justified. I don't live right so he'll love me more. I live right because he loves me more. I'm coming from a different place. I'm living from a different realm. You get to live from a different realm. You see, this is where life happens. This is freedom. This is what he bought and paid for. This is why he suffered on the cross. This is why he rose again. He's like, would you, I need you to get the picture. It's about me. And if you'll look to me, and if you'll love on me, and you'll let me love on you, all of a sudden you create this free flow, this unforced rhythm of grace, and my strength will start to work through you. The sin will start to fall off of you. You mean to tell me I don't have to to work to get rid of my sin? You don't. In fact, I'd encourage you not to. You know what you need to do? Spend more time with Jesus. And what you will notice is the sin will start to fall off. Some of y'all are looking at me like, what are you talking about? I'm talking about Jesus and the power of the gospel. Hear me today, you have a choice when you leave today. You can live, you can leave and live shackled to the law. Or you can leave free. You can leave light. Easy. You can leave like, man, I've, man, I've messed up a bunch this week. Thank God I went to church today and realized, man, I'm still going to get reward and favored and blessed because God's that good to me. Jesus, help me. Jesus, work through me. I don't want to keep living that way. Would you just move through me, Holy Spirit? Would, you, would, you, would, your, would your fruit begin to get produced in my life? You start to read through Scripture. You start to see this everywhere. It says that he produces a harvest of good deeds in you. <laughs> a harvest. Does an apple tree try really, really hard to squeeze out an apple? Oh, we need about four more. I just realized that kind of looks inappropriate what I'm doing. Like you're squeezing out something, not an apple. 
Didn't think you'd hear that on Easter, did you? It's all right. Not living grace. A little bit free up here. <clears throat> That's what I like right there. That's the gospel. You laughing is the gospel. You joyful is the gospel. It's that, that apple tree, no, it just happens. It finds its nutrients, it finds its sunlight, and a byproduct of just standing in the sun. Interesting. Its fruit comes out. The byproduct of you leaning into Jesus is he produces fruit in you. Man, I'm telling you, the gentleman right here, you're about to see big fruit in your life. Well done. God would say, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Yeah, you keep leaning into his grace. You keep leaning into him. You keep looking at Jesus like you're looking at me. You keep looking at him. And he's going to produce the very thing that you so desire, the very way that you want to live, the very way you want to raise those kids, the very husband you want to be, the very, the very father you want to be. It is in him. And he will produce it in you because he loves you. And he's good to you. You're about to see it. I'm telling you, you are about to see it. Just keep standing. Keep doing what you're doing. It is undeserved, sir. It's unearned. I'm praying right now that he absolutely, Tommy, would you lay your hands on him? I'm praying that he absolutely blows your mind with his goodness. God, I pray right now that you would pour out your goodness on him like never before. Come on, stretch your hands, church. That your grace would overwhelm him. That your love and your goodness would take him over, would get out of his head and into his heart, would get out of his head and into his spirit. That he would be undone that he'd be messy and sloppy in your presence, <laughs> that he'd fall so deep in love with you, God, that he would walk around knowing how well he's done, how much you approve of him, how powerful he is, and how proud you are of him, God. And we thank you for it. We believe you to do it. In Jesus' name. That same thing's available for all of us. <clears throat> Man, I'm, I'm going over, but I'm just telling you, you start, to, you start to let this get in and it will mess up your whole life in a really good way. In a really good way. It has you depend on him. It has you lean into the Holy Spirit. It has you get your mind off of you. You just, you just start to, oh, it's not about my effort. It's not good enough. You already know you can't do it. You know that? I don't have to tell you that. You've tried in your own effort and got the result that you got. 
There's a new way. There's a new way. Thank you, Lord. Man, I'm sorry, but he, he, he's bringing you more, even right now. He's going to continue to touch you. I'm just asking the Lord just to pour out more on you. I'm talking about messing you flipping up. That's what I want for you. You're like, okay, bring it. All right, let's wrestle after this or something. Just, we'll just take, do a prophetic act of getting messed up. Not that I could take you. My calves hurt, my elbows hurt, my mouth hurt. Oh, man. I love you. I don't know you, but I, I like you, man. <laughs> You're crazy, but I like you. Oh, goodness. Y'all better just stand up. Come on, just stand with me. <clears throat> I have to share this. You know, Braden said this to me a couple of weeks ago. <clears throat> for, for those of you who don't know, Braden and Leanne, they're our senior pastors. And planted, help, help us plant here, overseeing both of our campuses in Midland here in Lubbock. We were talking about grace. He's like, man, I... I'm telling you, when you, when you get a, revel, a revelation of grace, it makes you a little bit sloppy. But it's a sloppy in a good way. It's, it's, this, it's this idea. This is what Paul was saying. He's like, when he said, you know what? I'm done. I'm, I'm done meeting all the requirements so I can live for God. You know what he was saying? I'm done performing. I'm done performing for God. I'm done performing for myself. I'm done performing for people. I'm done. We give Braden a hard time all the time because when he, when he started getting a revelation of grace, literally everything changed. He used to be the skinny pants pastor. He looked all L.A. and he had his stuff. Once he started getting a hold of grace, went straight Eddie Bauer. I'm just... I'm just going to go all Eddie Bauer. I'm going to get comfortable. I don't care what you think. I ain't performing for you anyway. I'm so hidden in Christ, I will look 75. <laughs> it's not a joke. It's even gotten over into the places that we go to eat. You know where he wants to go eat? Market Street. You know the average age of Market Street? 75. You know why they go there? Man, I can get all that food. It's like $5.60. It's just like old times. And it's good. It's not, but he thinks it is. But when you get a revelation of grace, and I'm on the journey, the Lord's told me, he said, you want, you want, to, you want to get grace deep down the inside of you? I want you to talk about it every day. Talk about it. You want this to get in you? You want to start to live this way? Because every person into, you know you wish you could be comfortable in Eddie Bauer. Let's just be honest. You want to be that free. Start talking about it. Start talking about it with your neighbors, your, 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 your coworkers, your, your wife, your kids. Because it will, it will, you'll start to say things that you won't even believe. You'll, start, you'll, you'll say it and you're like, he cares more about what I believe than what I do? Hear yourself say that. 
close with this, Galatians 5. Verse 1, he says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure you stay free. Make sure you stay free and you don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.